Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The pitch to Aramis. There's a drive. Deep left center. Cubs win. They win it. Ramirez, two-run shot. Oh, baby. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Oh, man. Look at our guy, Sean Anderson, producing here on 670 The Score. Not only putting those Casper cuts together, but bring the music up there, Sean Anderson. I don't know if you did this intentionally or if you have any idea, but playing Matthew Sweet's girlfriend... For Len Casper, is a beautiful thing. We have been together on stage for this several times. Len plays the hell out of that song on the bass. Good morning, Len Casper. How are you? Great, Matt. How are you today? Oh, man, I'm good. The weather is taunting me, though. I mean, my goodness. The, the weight of the pessimism and the inactivity is tiring. And now the gorgeous weather, this is... In some ways, dangerous, isn't it? Because I feel like it's going to make us all as Americans be like, you know what? F this, everybody. I'm going outside. I'm going to go hug people. I'm going to do this. It's, uh, it's dangerous right now out there. Yeah, and I think there are ways to, to get out and about, but also maintain your, your social distancing. And, you know, wearing a mask obviously is important, especially if you go inside a, a place of business. But um, I'm with you. Uh, it really makes me miss baseball. Uh, even more uh, when you have nice days like we've had here this weekend. We would have been uh, actually in Arizona uh, playing the Diamondbacks on the original schedule, but uh, I've kind of stopped looking at what the what the original <laughs> schedule looked like because uh, if and when we do play, uh, I think they're going to have to to draw up a new one. And uh, who, who knows what it'll look like, but uh, I know MLB's doing everything it can to, to draw one up and, and get it going. 
What's the weirdest thing about being home so much for you, Len? I mean, it's May 3rd in your home, and you've been home. What's the weirdest thing? Yeah, I, you know, I do think uh, just the routine of this time of year for me is so different from what it is right now that uh, being at home, again, on a day like this, on a Sunday, yeah. feels very odd to me. Now, I guess the silver lining is uh, – as, as much as I enjoy the springs and summers at the ballpark, I don't get a lot of that time uh, at home. And uh, I've always thought I would like to, to enjoy my time literally at my house and in the yard uh, during the spring and the summer, and I'm getting an opportunity to do more of that. Um, but uh, it definitely comes at a huge cost, and uh, I think there's a little balance in life. And right now the, the, the balance has been tipped a little too far in one direction. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I, I saw on your Twitter feed you finished a puzzle. It was a very good-looking puzzle of the solar system. Uh, I've done a 300-piece version of that with Ruben, but that looked uh, more adult. Was that 1,000 pieces, Len? Yeah, that was 1,000, and uh, we've ordered a couple more. And uh, <laughs> definitely it's good for the brain, you know, I think uh, for, for 45 to 60 minutes, uh, two or three days a week just to – uh, kind of dive into something like that. I'm into jigsaw puzzles, crossword puzzles, you know, stuff like that. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I I remember I was at I was at Target at one point a couple weeks ago, and they were all out of Clorox wipes, and of course toilet paper, and spray cleaner of any kind, and they were also out of puzzles, completely out of jigsaw puzzles. Um, yeah, that that's the thing. Uh, they right? uh, when you order one now online, you, it will take weeks uh, to get one so yeah that, that it's interesting isn't it what sorts of items and products uh, are are rare and hard to find right now but yeah if you're in the jigsaw puzzle business uh, you're doing pretty well <laughs> another one another one that everybody's out of at least in the city is yeast i wanted to do some baking to bake some bread everybody's like taking up bread baking. I literally went to five grocery stores in the South Loop one day looking for yeast and they were all out of it. I ordered it online. I had to order yeast online. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm in uh, on the bread bread making if you want to uh, send some when you're done. Yeah, I'll, you got uh, it. I'll gladly have some. There's nothing better than uh, a piece of bread right out of the right oh. out of the chute. Come on now. Well, now I have to ask you. I asked Benetti last week, what are you currently eating too much of around the house, Len? Although you're a svelte man, but there's got to be something you're like, man, i got to stop eating that. But yeah, every probably, time pizza. probably pizza. Probably yeah. pizza. I think we've ordered it a little too often. And uh, <laughs> as much as I love it, I, I probably need to, to shave that down a little bit. Yeah, uh, uh, understandable. Um, all right, so one of the highlights that we heard there in the open via Len Casper was you calling the no-hitter for Zambrano, which, of course, was in Milwaukee, although it was against the Astros. The the MLB, the baseball reference, says there was 23,000 people there in attendance. I don't know if you remember what it felt like it'd be because that's it was an odd reschedule. It was a Hurricane um, Ike reschedule, obviously. But if you can think about the the games that you have broadcast with the fewest fans, I, I, I know that you have talked about what these games might be like without fans, and you have some hesitancy. Um, so I guess I'm wondering if that's connected to how it has felt for you when the ballpark has been empty at different times in your career. Well, uh, I guess the comp for me would be the 
re- resumption of a game after a long rain delay in Pittsburgh at you know 11:45 p.m. on a on a Tuesday night in May, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or at Wrigley, really. I mean, if you have a three and a half hour rain delay uh, early in the season, you're just not going to have a lot of fans in the park when the game resumes. It's totally different. Uh, you can hear in those moments. You can hear every fan and heckler. Uh, which is odd. Uh, there's there's just not a buzz in the ballpark. Uh, I definitely checked out the uh, oral history of the White Sox-Orioles game. I don't know if you read that. Uh, there was a lot of uh, Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer uh, talking about their experience uh, as broadcasters in Baltimore that day that there were no fans. And the players actually commented they could hear the Orioles TV broadcast. So one of the pitchers is warming up, and he can hear Gary Thorne talking about him. So that's odd. Uh, I I do think the players will feel weird and different. They will get used to it because you get used to most things when you have to get into that routine. But I think it'll be jarring for them uh, early on. It'll feel like a practice game. Um, I just hope that if we do it for the whole season, that the fans will stick with it because I think the novelty will wear off. And for me, uh, those highlights you played, even the Zambrano yeah. one, yeah, it's the reaction of the crowd in the background. All of the last dance highlights and the Jordan shots, they're all backdropped by packed arenas. And it's the energy in those buildings that, to me, uh, cannot be discounted when it comes to a, a great moment. So I think baseball can be enjoyable. I think all sports can be enjoyable with no fans, but I think you do lose a lot of the quality of the event when there are no fans in the stands. I I agree, um, and, and I I don't even like to imagine it and think about it. Maybe we'll I'll, I'll check out some of the Korean baseball organization stuff on Tuesday. But, but I also feel, Len, like the world is going to change, and we're not exactly sure how it's going to change. It may be, it may be a really long time before we see 40,000 people together anywhere. Um, and, right. right? And, and, so, and so I don't, I don't want to give in and lose everything in our culture because we lose those, those kinds of things. So, so it, it, at some point we'll have to try, I guess. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the answer is we will have to try, and once we're able to gather to play those games without fans, we should do it. There's no question about it. Um, I just, I guess, I'm more curious than anything to see how it'll feel and then over the long haul what it'll look like. And, you know, it's funny, uh, we're playing all these classic games from the past, uh, and, and in most cases, they're amazing finishes, you know, these uh, great comebacks, all of this stuff. And then, you know, once we do come back, I think live action will be hugely important. The ratings will be through the roof. Uh, I just want to know, okay, 10 days into a season, will it feel uh, like a little bit of a letdown when you've got a 12 nothing blowout? Uh, with nobody in the ballpark. And I guess that's on us a little bit, too, because the games will come back uh, for the broadcast part of it, the television and the radio, and how do you enhance that uh, in those two particular uh, media. And, you know, I don't think you necessarily pump in crowd noise or things like that, 
but maybe there is an opportunity to have a little fun with it and acknowledge that it is unique and a little weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, I appreciate the way that that you and JD have always had a very kind of comfortable um, give and take regarding the reality of a situation. And imagine the opportunities that exist that all of a sudden you're going to be able to hear things like the umpires communicating to each other. I'll get second, you get third, which was mentioned in that oral history of the White Sox Orioles you're talking about. Kevin Gaussman said he could hear on a ball in the gap the umpires talking to each other about who was going to cover the base, and he, he'd never heard that in a game in his life, you know? And, and you guys as TV people will have an opportunity to expose certain things that we've never even known go on during games. I think you know, I think we'll hear a lot of expletives, and I think the, there will have to be, quite honestly, an understanding among viewers that we're not going to be able to catch all of it. Uh, I do think players will have to watch themselves, and they'll have to change a little bit of the way they react to things. I know that sounds kind of ridiculous, but I think it's true. Uh, mm. There are a lot of pitchers. Uh, you know, Greg Maddox comes to mind. If he were pitching in this environment, you know, I mean, he, he dropped F-bombs all the time after throwing a pitch. And a lot of times it had nothing to do with the result. It just wouldn't land where he wanted. And you, you could see it on his face. Uh, there's a lot of heckling between dugouts, uh, guys yelling at the opposing pitcher. I wonder how that will be affected. You know, we're not taking mics away from the field when this experiment happens. I can tell you that. If anything, there will be more microphones involved. So we may get a, a larger dose of what goes on verbally than some people may want. But again, it, it'll be a fascinating experiment and uh, maybe sociologically more than anything, right, to hear yes. how major league players talk to each other during games. Yeah, here's some of that reality and have them maybe have to be accountable for it in a way that they have, have taken for granted that they do not uh, through the years. Have you had any of these con- conversations with, with your guys at, at Marquee, Len, or are we just too far away from, from these possibilities? I, I wonder if, if you've had any conversations about what the TV production would be like. No, uh, we haven't, and I think rightly so. You know, there may be some behind-the-scenes conversations about okay how do you socially distance in a production truck as you know those uh, trucks are not very big Uh, so you know you've got typically uh, along the front bench as they say you've got three people probably sitting within about five feet so how do you do that with a technical director a producer uh, and a director so I think those are the conversations, Matt, that they're having right now of logistically, literally figuring out how do we get that many people and the people we have to have in place to put these these productions online and, and, and get them going. Uh, and then beyond that, I think once we know what the schedule looks like and what our access will be, we'll have more of those specific conversations about what it'll look like and sound like. The, the big one, too, is you can put cameras anywhere you want. Uh, the, the seats will be empty. So I would imagine we can find some really hmm. crazy angles. Uh, I wonder if they'll take down some of the uh, extended netting, at least for these games, so you're not shooting the camera through the net. Uh, the netting hmm. won't be really protecting anybody, theoretically, right? Right. So, yeah, all of those things will uh, will come in due time. Yeah, and 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 it it could end up being fascinating for those of us who love to 
to to pick apart every little thing like that and see how see how people react. Um, I wonder before we move on from this, we're with Len Casper here on the score. Um, you guys did such a a good job in spring training with players mic'd up during the games, and your buddy Boog Shambi had that memorable game with the Cubs mic'd up with Rizzo and Bryant. I wonder if I know it's been talked about, but if there will there be pressure, you think, on the Players Association to go for that kind of thing to make the broadcast more interesting and interactive? You think there'll be pressure put on to make that possible? I do, I do, but I also wonder if because of all the things we just discussed, yeah. if it'll even be necessary. In other right. words, if you're at a dinner party and essentially you can eavesdrop on every conversation just by being there, do you need to formally <laughs> make it happen, right? Um, you know, I was thinking about a, a home run ball hitting the, the bleachers. Have you ever heard it? I haven't. In spring training, in, uh, I mean, batting practice, and it's in fun, it rattles practice, around. Not, dur- not during a game, you know. No I mean, way. those kinds of things are going to be like, whoa. You yeah. know, and, and I just, I, I don't know if we're going to necessarily need to formalize miking umpires or players just because we have microphones on the field right now that pick up a lot of those things if anything it may be a little too much i don't i don't know the answer to that yeah how about how about coaches up on the top step step moving outfielders around you're going to hear that that's going to come through just the regular field mics they don't yep. need to be mic'd up for that yep so could be fascinating. Um, all right. You and I were talking a little bit during the week. I know you and JD are about to launch or just did launch your first uh, official Cubs podcast. Tell me about that and tell me about your conversation uh, with the first guest on it. Yeah, we don't have uh, the official uh, release or launch yet, but I would anticipate uh, it will be later this week. Mm-hmm. Um probably more like Thursday. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, it's at Len Casper. I will uh, tweet out all of the details. Uh, but, yes, uh, it is a uh, officially stamped podcast uh, that will feature a lot of Cubs players, uh, obviously front office people, coaches, managers, uh, former Cubs. We've got a lot of celebrities who've done the stretch who love Cubs baseball, and we'll branch out a little bit that way. But it'll be J.D., and I uh, just having a, a fun, you know, 45-minute conversation uh, with those people. And uh, my first choice was John Lester, and uh, thankfully John agreed to do it. And I think you will uh, find out some information that you didn't know about John, not only as a high school athlete, but the free agent process he went through uh, when he was traded to the A's and then that winter uh, decided to pick the Chicago Cubs. Uh, it, it, it's really uh, deep stuff. And, and the reason I love John, and I think you would know this, you, you've, you've talked to him uh, quite a bit, uh, he doesn't give off the vibe as someone who would like to have a long conversation, especially at the ballpark. He's got game face on most of the time. But that's not John uh, fundamentally and, and who he is uh, as, a, as a person off the field. And he's incredibly thoughtful uh, he'll give you his opinion on just about anything you ask him about, and uh, he doesn't do it often, and I thought he'd be a great first guest. Yeah, I, I bet he was. I bet he was. And I, I don't know if you guys touched on it. It's certainly been talked about a lot, 
but the 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 psychological stuff with him eventually just kind of owning the issues that he has with throwing to first, I think it has been super instructive on just like a human development level over the last five years to watch and be a part of in this town. Yep, no, he's been real open about that. We didn't get into that specifically. There were a lot of topics we didn't, but that's good. Mm-hmm. That means the stuff we did dive deeply into we uh, we stayed there for a while and that's that's a podcast right you know i i yep. i i think that the difference between a, a radio show like this and a podcast when you do 20 minutes is you know you got to do some of the greatest hits when you're on the radio and um you know some of the deep deep dives uh don't really uh i guess relate to everybody but on a podcast you can get a little more specific and that's what i like about that that genre so uh we're gonna do a little bit more of that and i look forward to it outstanding all right len um thanks man Uh, what are you listening to these days musically anything getting you going um you know i'm kind of always bouncing around um our buddy dog julian just sent me a playlist of nrbq so i'm diving into the the nrbq back catalog so that's a band i've always respected and a lot of people i love love them and so i want to I want to get a little better taste of that. And as you know, there's a Chicago connection there with uh, some guys who play uh, in that current uh, iteration. So, uh, yeah, NRBQ is at the top of the playlist right now. A lot of people, like when they were in their heyday, one of the one of the best rock and roll bands ever, Big Al Anderson, a killer on guitar. But you're right, the local guys, Scott Ligon, Casey McDonough, I think both of them are in NRBQ Correct. these days. Yep. So. Pretty cool. Um, all right, Len, nice to talk to you, man. And I'm um, really enjoying your background uh, when you and I are uh, together on Cubs 360. You've got a very well-executed set dressing going on uh, behind you. Is that all you, or did your wife help with that? Uh, That's 100% Pam Casper. I take no credit for it. <laughs> she did all of it, and uh, I, think it, I, think it, I think we finally got to a good place there, yes. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's impressive. There's there's a bowl of baseballs, a bowl of colored baseballs of some yeah. kind uh, yeah. over her shoulder. Well, tell Pam that that we've noticed at least in this house. It's a fine. All right, day. I'll see I'll see you on uh, on Zoom next week. Sounds good. All right, man. Thank you. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> That's Len Casper right there on six seventy. The score. Yeah, I'm a part of that show on on Marquee. Uh, Cubs 360 Daily, which airs every day at 6 o'clock. I do it once a week, sometimes two times a week. I think I'm on this Tuesday, along usually with Len, sometimes Bruce Levine, always Cole Wright, sometimes JD, sometimes others. It's good fun. Um, And really, set dressing at home is a a wonderful opportunity. When you're at home, what do you do? When you're a baseball player and you're at home, we have seen what some of them do, right? I'm going to tell you about and I will tweet out the link to the coolest home setup for a ball player that I've seen this entire quarantine season. It is ridiculous. And maybe you've got one that's better. What, who's got the coolest home setup for any ball player that you have seen them share? And it's not Joe Kelly as he tries to pitch into a giant net and goes wide right on the changeup and breaks the window. No, but I'll tell you mine when we come back. And later on in the hour, Danny Parkins, my old pal, is going to join. We'll talk a little Mitch Trubisky and some Mitch album follow-ups that, you know, we might have to do. Oh, boy, that was fun. Might have to wrap the uh, the Mitch era at some point this upcoming year. It's 670 the score. Casey Johnson at the top of the hour on Jerry Krause, the baseball man, and Chris Kamka with Cam Connections at about 1140. All of that right here on Hit and Run on 670 the score. Call from mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast what's up longhorn nation the rocket roger clemens here with two other longhorns you might recognize hey hope everybody's being safe during time of quarantine all the stuff we're trying to do at home and stay busy fortunately we got rockets world here come see what we've been doing over the last week and a half to two weeks oh my god the theme song from roger clemens baseball oh god my 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 32-bit nintendo past is never too far away and that's roger clemens on twitter the other day addressing texas longhorns nation before showing you what i think is the coolest home setup for a ball player that I've seen in this entire quarantine. Now, he's a former ball player. He's not even in the bigs right now, you know? But my goodness, he's got two kids who are not going to make the bigs. But my goodness, that setup. I'm looking at, uh, I'll tell you about it in a minute, but I'm looking here on MLB.com at some of these other home setups. There's Corey Kluber pitching in his backyard. And we talked to Steve Ciszek a few weeks ago in Inside the Clubhouse, and he was trying to um, to get a uh, like a, a, a pitchback machine um, that would uh, receive the ball and then come back to him. So he was trying to get that, but instead he was pitching to a beautiful young lady named Annette. That was his catcher. Annette, you get it? Yeah. Um, anyway. She's a relative of Annette Front Presence, um, a hockey female that I've always been a fan of. But, yeah, Steve Shishak pitching to Annette. We've got Cole Calhoun with a hardcore BP setup in his backyard. Uh, I see Bryce Harper lifting weights in some kind of unbelievably decked-out garage. So good for him. 
David Hess is a young pitcher for Baltimore. He's got a Rapsodo machine. Big shout out to Rapsodo. So like people have their own things, but my God, Clemens set up. He calls it Rocket World. And in that clip, you hear him say, hey, let's go check out Rocket World. Rocket World is freaking ridiculous. It is a full baseball training complex attached to his mansion. And he's pitching to his two kids, both of whom have names that begin with K. I believe it's Kobe and Casey. And they have hit tracks there. The kids are like so excitedly talking about hit tracks. They have hit tracks there to measure the exit velocity and launch angle as they take batting practice off of one of the greatest pitchers who ever lived. And they're taking BP in this fully decked out. I believe there's two uh, spaces for pitchers and BP. And then there's a giant weight room that's attached to it. And then on the wall are these massive, massive paintings of Clemens's uniforms. Number 21 that he wore in Boston. Number 22, I think he wore in Houston, right? <clears throat> and... Uh, It's an outrageous complex. And then what goes on, so as they take BP, Hit Tracks is measuring their exit velocity and their launch angle, and they can simulate onto um, a video whatever ballpark they want. So they're talking, okay, well, why don't we choose Fenway? All right, let's choose Fenway. Then all of a sudden they're taking BP, and they're watching and you're watching like a golf simulator, but it's a batting practice simulator where the, the, the balls that they're hitting are going at Fenway Park. Ooh, that one is just out. Ooh, that one is right down the right field line wrapped around Pesky's pole. Ooh, that one's to center field in the triangle, seeing if they can hit bombs off Clemens. There's play-by-play options as they, uh, as they add play-by-play broadcasting to the video simulation of their batting practice. This is living inside a video game. Hitting off one of the greatest pitchers who ever lived. Just outrageous. And Speaks, there's more details as well. The house is, uh, the house is almost a sports complex. So he's got a 15,000 square foot place. And the sports complex is 7,000 square feet. It's got a qu- oh quarter mile track, half a baseball infield, a basketball rim, an indoor batting cage, and a weight room. And it's less than four miles from where uh, Clemens went to high school. Oh, God. God. That's the thing, man. Like, I don't know if it's healthy to see how all these dudes are, 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 are quarantining. The ones with big, enormous piles of money. It's like, oh, you know, we're doing okay. Been swimming a lot in the pool, you know. Um, really just um, taking BP here in my 7,000-foot complex. 7,000-foot square foot complex. You know, things have been okay. We've been hanging around mostly at the Florida house, sometimes uh, at the Arizona place. Screw you guys. I'm in an 1,100-square-foot condo in Chicago, although it's, it's comfortable, and I realize that what I have is more comfortable than what a lot of other people have. So it's all relative. Hey, but good for you, Roger. Good for you. And also, Guafi, obviously, with this, but yes. uh, Rocketman experiences packages on the Roger uh, Clemens Foundation.org. There is a batting practice off the rocket. You get one hour. You and wow. up to 11 guests take uh, batting practice off the rocket in his personal private batting cage in Houston, Texas. But the minimum bid is $50,000. Oh my God. So for 50 grand, you and 11 friends can go and take BP off Clemens in this complex. And it, where does that money go, by the way? Does that go to the, the Roger Clemens uh, Future Defense Fund Foundation? Does it go to the, uh, 
you know, what was the name of the lawyer? Rusty. Damn it, his lawyer was so sleazy, man. Clemens's lawyer when he was doing the whole thing with the Senate <clears throat> and try- Rusty Hardin. That was his guy, Rusty Hardin. Oh man, I felt dirty and sleazy just after listening to Rusty Hardin talk. But boy, 50 grand and you and 11 buddies can take batting practice off Clemens and live inside the video game that his kids are living in. Unreal. Texture says Clemens House uh, also has a walk-in medicine cabinet. <laughs> it's got um, it's got needles uh, with B12 injections that you can just back up to. Just drop your pants and you back up to a wall, and the needles are sticking right out of the, <laughs> out of the wall. <laughs> I know, Sean, you did a good job getting Clemens on the show to talk about our game. And after this segment, he's never coming back. That's okay. We got him for 30 minutes. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, we did enough. We did enough. <laughs> what else in there? Um, if you see a lot of people are showing these these uh, things that the New York Times did a piece. on like, what can we learn about the bookshelves of people as they do all these Zoom calls? And there's like, all right, what's Amy Poehler reading? What's Paul Rudd reading these days? If they did one with Clement, it's like how to lie before Congress. Um, how to mask a steroid. Like these books would just be on the shelf behind, you know? Oh God. It's going to, I'll tell you what's going to be weird next year. I believe next year is the final year for hall of fame eligibility for Clemens and bonds. Right. Can you double check that Sean? I think that's next year and the new class next year. And we should do a segment on this on a future hit and run, but the new class next year is not very attractive. Like not, not many folks that are going to get in on the first go. So you might have a situation if Clemens or bonds are the ones that get enough votes finally in their final year of eligibility, you might have a situation where you've got Clemens and or bonds along with Derek Jeter for a hall of fame weekend. Yeah, they got Which two more chances, be... 2021 and 2022. Okay, so two more chances. But, that, I mean, they're going to have a shot. They're absolutely going to have a shot in these next two years. And, uh, boy, that'd be really interesting to have, like, Jeter, who is considered by so many as, like, the paragon of professionalism and cleanliness and yada, yada, along with Clements. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be quite an interesting, interesting match there. It's 670, the score. If you've seen a cooler home setup for a ball player, you can share it. But I think Rocket World is probably going to win over just about everybody. A Spiegel and Parkins reunion in moments when we come back on 670, the score. Need to run something by him. We'll also talk a little bit of Mitch Trubisky. Uh, That's coming up next on Hit and Run or Run and Shoot or Bump and Run or Hook and Ladder right here on the score. And at the top of the hour, a little bit of pick and roll with Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago, but we'll talk to him about Jerry Krause, the baseball guy, quite a bit. That's uh, all coming up right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. He's really taken ownership of this locker room. It's not something that's forced, it's organic, and the guys believe in him, and we're lucky to have him. Back to throw Trubisky on a deep drop, going deep down the left side. Drops it in the bucket to cover me, he's in! Touchdown, Bears! Mitch is a very smart kid. He's intelligent, very driven, motivated. A lot of the things that we talk about as a team, he has. For him to be our quarterback and to have those traits, it's hard to not smile. Now is the time <laughs> when we think of Bears football. 
and the fans must come together as one. Look, let's just let this play. There it's too are good. People trying. Go ahead, Jesus. To execute a plan <laughs> for Mitch, the greatest gift of all. And that'll do it. That's Mitch Rosen singing about Mitch Trubisky and singing. I use very loosely right there. Um, although, I mean, is that the best track on the Mitch album with uh, eventual liner notes by Mitch album? What do you think, Danny Parkins? Is that the one? I, Let Him Throw is just so catchy, Speaks. Um, yeah. They, they, all, they all have a special place in my heart. I got to show off my uh, my rap flow in Christmas at Hallis. You know, there's just yeah. each each thing was a moment in time. But I think the song that probably offends most people's sensibilities is how much we ruined the song September for people with Mitch Timber. So, yes, a- I don't know. It's really whichever one is playing at the moment, not off the Mitch album, but the real song. And then people think about how much we desecrated a classic. How dare you? How dare you people do what you do? Also, um, all of them um, have aged really poorly. Just, yeah. just extreme. <laughs> when we said let him throw, we meant out the garbage. We wanted him to be the trash guy for the facility is what we meant by let him throw. Yeah, it's a sign of um, how long it's been since we worked together on a regular basis and also just how... How non-prolific um, I have been as a songwriter and producer that uh, we really hearken back to wanting more activity and game time for Mitch Trubisky. That is not where things stand right now. He is, uh, he's Danny Parkins joining us here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. A little bit of bump and run uh, this morning. I want to talk to you about Mitch and one other thing. But all right, let's, um, we're going to go back to back props here. Okay? Okay, yeah. For, first props I'm going to give to you. When Ryan Pace pushed the ball down the road about Mitch Trubisky's fifth-year option on the very first day that he had an opportunity to discuss it, you immediately called it out and said, hey, look, that's different than what he said about Leonard Floyd and words or, or actions over words and all that kind of thing. This You saw this coming, that this, this – uh, this choice that they have now officially made to not pick up the fifth year option. You saw this coming. Yeah, I did. I mean, I'm a little surprised everyone didn't see it coming. Like I didn't, I didn't think this was that tough of a call, honestly. And I was, I was a bit surprised at how many members of the bears media were like, well, Ryan Pace said it. I was like, and, um, he, he was the only quarterback under contract. And so, why not say it? And yeah, it's true that they ended up rescinding the fifth year on Leonard Floyd. And it's true that it's only guaranteed for injury, but like we watched it all happen last year. Like we watched Mitch Trubisky require a really trimmed down basic 101, 102 level scheme and playbook. And I admit that maybe some of the benefit of this was watching the transformation year over year over year with Alex Smith in the same system. And you could just tell that, like, oh, my God, like the first year, 
there was nothing, like no touchdown passes to wide receivers. By the end, he led the NFL in deep ball passer rating. Like it just was such an unbelievable transformation, and Mitch wasn't taking the same steps. And Matt Nagy inherited Mitch, so like he wasn't going to go down with the ship. And everything that happened this offseason, I thought, pointed to familiarity and empowerment of Matt Nagy. Like, Matt Nagy worked with Nick Foles in Kansas City. Nick Foles worked with John Filippo in Philadelphia. Juan Castillo replaced Harry Heastan, who worked with Matt Nagy in Philadelphia. Demetrius yeah. Harris worked with Matt Nagy in Kansas City. He, he went out of his way with every move on the offensive side of the ball to bring in familiarity. So when they traded a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles and brought on a contract that could last three years and people were still like, no, I think Mitch is going to be the starter, I I just didn't understand it. Like I, I don't think one thing they've done since the end of the season has pointed to Mitch being the starter for this team. Yeah, no, and, and the way that – that Matt has talked about him at the combine and other places. I really need yep. him to master coverages. I really need him to master master the playbook. Well, you know that's not something you say after a guy's had his second full year in your system. That's that's not the way it's supposed to go. Um, one other thing on this: What do you think is the best case scenario for the Bears and Ryan Pace at this point? Because I remember having this conversation with you, and thinking that the best case scenario was still for Mitch to develop into the franchise quarterback. Now that there is one year left and not two, and they would have to either franchise tag him or give him a new big deal after, after a good year, um, you know, and you've got foals with some incentives that would kick in if he's decent, some more that would kick in if he's very good and they go far, and you've got the fact that they don't have a young developmental quarterback on the roster. Like, what is the best-case scenario for the franchise in terms of – you know, longevity and having a guy. I think it's, if, if you're literally putting anything on the table, I think yeah. it's still Mitch Trubisky being great. Like it clicking and it taking a year or two too long for that to happen. And, you know, Kyle Fuller, they didn't use the fifth year option on him he balls out in his fourth year after three years of inconsistency. He's a restricted free agent. Packers make him an offer sheet, Bears match, and he's been great ever since, and they've been happy to pay Kyle Fuller his money. So I still think a second overall pick for a franchise, young quarterback with tremendous athletic ability and mobility, if he hits – that is best-case scenario because, let's remember, I mean, Nick Foles, is, he got benched for Gardner Minshew last year. He's been a perennial backup. He's been a picture of inconsistency uh, longer than Mitch Trubisky has. Like Nick Foles is not going to be the quarterback of the Bears five years from now. And to be clear, neither is Mitch Trubisky, but there's, <laughs> there's a, a chance of that. Right, but, but there's a, what, 2% chance that, like, like if Mitch Trubisky hit, this offseason, like it clicked the ch the the competition, uh, the shoulder injury, everything like he, he needed to be pushed and all that. And then it clicked. Well, then, sure, like maybe Mitch Trubisky still has a high ceiling. And so I that's best yeah. case scenario. 
but it's such a pie-in-the-sky long shot that the Bears are planning for what can we do now to maximize the window of Khalil Mack in his prime on this defense, which is why I think Nick Foles is going to be the guy, and he's like a bridge quarterback for a year or two until they're in position to draft the next young franchise quarterback for the Bears. All right, so there were some props for you. Um, now props Thank for you. me, um, okay. I, I, which I think everybody's been waiting for, these props for me. Um, so I came on with you and Mac, uh, what, a couple Tuesdays ago and made the corollary of the Last Dance Bulls of 98 to these Cubs, these 2020 Cubs, at least just in the way that the team felt about it. And since... Yep. and. And you and Mac were both, I don't know, Speaks, I don't know. Well, since then, there's been podcasts by competitors who are clearly big fans of the show. Um, and then Jason Hayward this week with Lawrence Holmes went right there. He said that they've talked about them, them having this last dance kind of vibe together. I know it's a stretch, but for players, they'll latch on to anything they can to feel that, that chip on the shoulder. Yeah, you're right, and they have, and that's good. And the the only qualifier that I put into it was how baseball works with like the mid season transactional game. Yeah, the, the this was the writing was on the wall for this already. Like we were talking about it at Scorehouse, R.I.P. Scorehouse, uh, with you, me, and Mac <laughs> about how like the feeling of inevitability of it already being over and the likelihood of. Schwarber or Bryant or Quintana or someone or someone's being traded at the deadline this year, regardless of how the season started. And so I think the players saying, hey, we've been given a stay of execution and a last chance to, you know, end that 2016 era of Cubs baseball on the right note, like, good. I'm glad they're using that as motivation if and when we get a season. But I just think the difference is like the conflict that existed within the Bulls yeah. is not really conflict within the Cubs. It's more just, hey, this is what your contract states and your front office is not going to just lose you for a compensatory draft pick. So I feel like it's just different because of the sports. Yeah, well, well and, there's, and there's less out-and-out hatred. <laughs> that that's, too. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's that definitely too. in there. All right, so um, all right, last thing. I wanted to play this um, – and then talk to you about it for a second. I loved Phil Jackson um, talking about his connection with Dennis Rodman and how they bonded over Native American culture. This is a snippet from The Last Dance last week. Dennis and I have this Native American bond between us. It comes in one day. Dennis and I have this Native American bond between us. Comes in one day, and Dennis and I met in the team room. In the team room, I have bear claw necklace, turtle shell that came from another Indian reservation, and various other Indian artifacts. And so Dennis is like, wow, he said, I have this necklace from the Ponca Indians in Oklahoma. I can, I'm hip to that. And I say, well, Dennis, in their tradition, in the tradition that I knew, you would be a Hayoka, a backward-walking person. There were people that were different, and you're a Hayoka. So you're this Hayoka in this tribe. So I love that. The Hayoka, the backwards-walking person, right? Yeah. And I'd like to ask you, who is the scores Hayoka? 
Danny, who is um, the backwards walking person at our radio station? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Myself. I think it's well. Let's let's just put it this way: it, the comparisons between Dennis Rodman and Dan McNeil were not exactly lost on us when it was like, "Hey, uh, I need some time off." Yeah, you have vacation time in your contract. No, I need some time off right, damn now. Um, oh yeah, social distancing or uh, you know uh, load management. Like we got to load manage Mac a little bit. So. Yeah, it, it that correlation uh, was not exactly lost on Tanny, Shep, or I. If it might have been lost slightly on Mac, uh, is that what you were yeah. looking for? Is that is that what you were going for? I mean, come on, it's it's staring us all right in the face. It's been staring me in the face. And let the hey, record re- show: really talented guy makes yes. you better. Championships, pel- pelts on pelts on the wall. You want uh-huh. him on your team, but you sure. gotta coach him. A, you gotta coach him gotta coach a him little up. differently. <laughs> and sometimes, uh-huh. uh, when Rodman was Rodman or Mac was Mac, the burden uh, fell to the other people on the team to pick up the slack <laughs> when he was coming back from Vegas or Cottage. It's- <laughs> That's just how it works every once in a while. And sometimes, like Michael Jordan said about Dennis, you just got to relax and say, hey, his body's here. What else do you want? You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we, trust me, we, we discussed that on the show the day after the. Oh, uh, you did? Okay, good. Yeah, 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 we did. So I'm not, I'm not speaking out of school here. Okay. It was, um, it was just too obvious. Like Mac was like, "Is Dennis Rodman a good teammate?" Like, an, let's have this conversation. Uh, it's just complicated, right? Like yes. we're we're all complicated beings, but that we dude are. is really, really, really talented. When you when you show up, man, you gotta you know. Dennis the was best. a brilliant brilliant rebounder. That might have been my favorite moment of the thing so far. Is Dennis talking about how he studied rebounding? Because that's like. That's very special, unique stuff that um, that that he is is qualified to speak about, and it was beautiful. Um, yeah, I thought right, that, well, you know he the, the, he was a basketball savant. Like I, people yeah. respected him even to the point where they put up with the crazy. I thought I agree. I it was great, and the doc is only getting better. Like I've I've enjoyed every episode more than the previous. I can't I cannot mm-hmm. wait for tonight. I'm trying to remember if at any time, like when Mac and I were on a like a work trip together, if I ever knocked on his door and Carmen Electra answered the door naked. I can't remember for sure. Um, you'd think I'd remember something like you would that. Th- but you would think, but it probably would have been a 70s porn star, not a 90s Playboy girl. <laughs> oh, my God, Seika is here. What is yeah, she doing? Wow. This is surprising. <laughs> All right, well, tell the Hayoka I said hello, okay? I will I will do so. Hey, if anyone has a pull cart in Chicago, Evanston, or Wilmette as I head north uh, in an hour here for golf and wants to let me borrow it, please, because walking and carrying a golf bag is very scary. You can DM me on Twitter. Uh, I, might, I This is the most physically wow. intimidated I've been for a round of golf in my entire life. So Wow. Yeah. You, just, you just used my bully hit-and-run pulpit to plea for a pull cart. That is That's correct. tremendous. That's correct. <laughs> well done. Help. I'm not even I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. I'll see All you, right, buddy. Danny. I'll see you, man. Talk to you. That's Danny Parkins right here on 670 The Score. All right, we'll talk a little bit of Last Dance and talk about Jerry Krause, baseball man, as well, with our buddy Casey Johnson next. That's on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.